Let us pray together. Lord, we are grateful for this time, humbled by your presence. And as our team sang, Lord, we're overwhelmed by your amazing grace. Lead us during this time that we might be equipped to live for you. We can only live for you out of understanding how much you love us. So we want to live in light of that love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I uh, have been away for some weeks, uh, and I've, I've missed you all, but I, I've been away from y'all, but I, I have not been away from, from social media. Uh, the, the, the phone stayed with me a little bit, and, uh, and I must say, like, my kids are uh, awesome, but they find certain, like, TikTok videos or certain things, and we just have some good laughs together. And um, I'm, I'm sorry, it, it should not be the case, but one of the things that, that like, kind of, you know, took me the wrong way, I laughed a little bit, I shouldn't have been, and I laughed again, and I shouldn't have, was like this, this, this crate challenge. This, 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 this crate challenge, and I'm like, okay, hold up now. How, how, how did grandma, how did auntie, it's supposed to be somebody 12, maybe 14, how are old people climbing up the crates? Like, what, what is going on here? And I, and I started to see people after they completed the crate challenge. And if you don't know what it is, you're going to be like, Pastor ain't right. I started seeing people after the challenge like, yeah, I did it. Like, like they put themselves almost in like harm's way to be able to celebrate the accomplishment. To get the attention, to have people celebrating them, to fan them. I thought, yeah, I've been there. There's been times where I did something that might not been, have been the wisest to be able to get some people to celebrate me, to get the accolades. But then another kind of uh, thing caught my eye. We are in the process of renovating our home a little bit and, 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 and comes across these people who, who seem like they renovate their entire house in a weekend and they got 12 kids. Those, 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 these YouTubers, I'm like, dang, like, how, how, what, what, huh? And, and I started seeing, like, oh, wouldn't it just be a, a real home of peace if we had one of them just make our whole house perfect? I mean, even, even the little socks for our kids with names on them and hung on a certain little hanger. You know, like, these people have every little thing in their entire place in order. They got, like, like sleeves for every spoon. You know what I'm saying? These folks, are, and it just seems like you'll experience peace if you could just get. And what I start realizing is, man. As I scroll down, there's a, another cool thing for me to feel like I might be able to find a sense of peace if I'm this athlete, if I work out this much, if I can speak like this pastor, if I can have my children memorize the entire Bible. You know, before you know it, you start seeing yourself find peace in these things. And, and, and I love that Jesus kind of shatters all of our hope to find peace in anything but him. So I invite you today to join me in the book of John chapter 15. 
If you don't have a Bible, simply raise your hand, and one of our amazing servants will bring one over there to you. Um, or you could go ahead and scroll through your phone, going to John chapter 15. And Pastor, you've been gone a whole month. Like, what, what are we about to dive into? We're going to dive into some teachings on what it means to abide. Abide in Christ. The Lord has laid that on my heart during my time away, and I'm excited to to, to dive into this topic with you. I believe God has something for all of us as we dive in his word. John chapter 15. Today we'll just be going through the first four verses. I am the true vine, starts with verse 1. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. Forgive me. I'm going to read that again. But the Lord has put on my heart not to forget to acknowledge the people that allowed me to be able to have my sabbatical. I want to first, I got to, sorry, y'all, but I got to thank the elder team who were amazing deacons and deaconesses that held it down, worship team that did their thing. My brothers came in, preached, did their thing. Our sister Jenny held it all together, I'm sure, behind the scenes, because when I'm here, she holding it all together. So I know when I'm gone, you're holding it together. Thank you, sister. Our amazing team of uh, sound and slides people, I got to say thank you. I am grateful and I don't take for granted the team of people that we have, the amazing servants that we have. I am truly grateful for you all. Thank you, sis. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. When I was young, there was uh, two words that could really start some stuff up. There was two words that brought you into tension like no other when I was a kid. There was two words that really had it about to jump off. You either needed to be nice with these or you needed to be nice with these. And it was yo mama. So, so go, go, go ahead and say that phrase. You better be able to fight or you better be able to run. Pick one, but it's about to go down. That type of phrase starts something. It creates some tension. It creates some animosity. It creates a problem that needs to be resolved. Then as I grew up a little bit, there was another phrase that I found was even more powerful, but really left me more exposed. The phrase, I love you. Love you is a phrase that allows your heart to be open, to be vulnerable, to be subject to being hurt. Small phrases having a powerful impact. The beginning of this chapter in John, this chapter 15, Jesus says two words. 
says two words, but you might gloss over them. These two words are powerful words. They're not even fully words as you sometimes can grasp your mind around. He says, I am. I am. This, 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 this connection back to the Old Testament where Moses has this experience with God at the burning bush and he's like, hey, when the people ask, who sent me, who do I say? And God says, I am. This statement that means I exist in and of myself. I am not dependent upon anything. I am the sustainer of all things. If it has been created, it has flowed through me. I am. And so why does Jesus start with this, with this phrase? Well, well, Jesus wants the disciples to get and all of humanity to get that the very God that has created all things is standing right before them. But you know, some of us don't get it always, right? Some of us, you hear a message and you, you, you don't get it. I, my wife and I will go somewhere, and, and, and I love when people talk fast, when they're trying to sell you stuff. Yeah, we're going to get it. I love when people talk fast, and I like to, hey, man, I know she got it. I'm a little slow. You're going to need to slow that down. <laughs> Say that two more times for me. You see, if you look in the book of John, he knows that there's power in that term, I am, but he also connects it to something that each person's going to be able to grasp. So the first time you hear Jesus saying, he says, I am the bread of life, John 6. He says, I am the light of the world, John 8. He says, I am the door of the sheep, John 10. He says, I am the resurrection and the life, John 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14. And then we come to John 15, our text. I am the true Vine. You see, that statement, I am, was one that either caused you to have to say, I'm willing to open up my heart and love this God, or I'm in a place of tension where I hate this God. Either way, a statement like I am says, I am God right before you, and what will you do with it? And what will you do with it? Does the concept of Jesus being a light make you have to wrestle with your pride? Because if Jesus was a light, then that means you were in darkness. And are you humble enough to say, I was in darkness? Or Jesus being the bread of life, are you humble enough to say that? I can't make it on my own. I need someone to sustain me, and it is Christ. Or do you feel like you do it in and of your own strength? You got to where you are based on your ability, your ingenuity, your creativity, your intellectual capacity, or was it Jesus who sustains you? You see, this I am statement forces you to have to love or hate this Jesus. 
And Jesus is in the midst of his crew, in the midst of his disciples, and they love him. He then goes on to say that I am the true vine. Why is this disclaimer that he's the true vine? Why? Because he's connecting again back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we saw images of Israel as a vine, but Israel kept messing up. Israel was rebellious. And so now we see Jesus reset it. He says, you know what? I'm the vine. My father is the gardener and the branches are now my disciples. But notice there's two types of branches. Look with me in verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. It's a branch that's taken away. And then there's also a branch that is pruned that it may bear more fruit. I uh, had the pleasure of working in a grocery store as a high schooler. And... uh, Probably 98% of of what you're going to find in a grocery store is wrapped in plastic. You know what I'm saying? Look for your bag of chips. Look for your bottled water. Look for, you know, your cereal. Open up the box. It's still got a sealed in plastic. But the only area that's kind of actually open is the produce section. And the produce section was, was the bomb in our grocery store because it was air conditioned and every now and then when you was like, you know, working hard, you could, you know what I'm saying, you know, that pop you a couple of, and, and the only real responsibility you had as, as the person who worked in produce was to make sure that all of the nasty fruit or all of the things that were supposed to grow and look beautiful that didn't were plucked away. Because if you took away the bad, the beautiful would shine. This is a, 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 a short insight into this concept of, of, of pruning. And God is the Father who is pruning so that we can have beautiful fruit. I didn't read up a, a, a ton on the concept of pruning, but what I do know is this. I know that when you prune something, to my basic eye, something looks nice, it looks good, it looks all full. It's like, okay, why would you mess with that? And then somebody comes and prunes it, and they start cutting, hacking, slashing. And when you stand back, you look like, that looks, that looks worse. Why, why did you, why you just mess up what looked like it was good? But see, that pruning process leads it to flourish. It actually prepares it to grow even more. I wish I should have I called our brother Nader, a, a master gardener, and got some more insight. All I know is each time I see somebody that truly knows how to prune something, after it, it comes back even more full. Comes back more radiant. But the process of pruning never looks good. It never looks like, oh, that just helped the tree. You cut a limb off. You cut off a, a branch. I got to imagine that pruning hurts. And I love that, that, that Jesus is going to prepare them 
for a day when he won't be with them, and they are going to experience pain like none other. But that pain is going to help them produce a witness of the gospel that will transform the world. But somehow we got the idea that pruning is void of pain. Couldn't be anything further from the truth. Actually, the, the process and the, the concept of pruning can be quite, quite painful, but it still can be used to glorify God. I'll share with y'all a, a situation that took place that, uh, that I'm, I'm not proud of, but I know God used it to, to really prune and grow my heart and, and, and grab me to, to submit and worship him that much more closely. We were um, driving. I was driving from, um, uh, 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 just driving up the street, actually, headed to the church. And some of you know this, that I was in a car accident. I'm driving, and a guy's zooming up the street, runs a stop sign, T-bone him, his car goes up into the front yard of another, of another house. I'm like frazzled, uh, airbags gone off, uh, his car's jacked up, my car's jacked up. I get out the car, I'm shaking, and I'm ready to go check on him. But I'm, I start getting scared. And, and as I'm about to go check on him, the car went up into the front yard, hit another car, and the people start coming out of the house. And when they come out the house, they come out the house angry. What is going on? Da -da -da -da. So in that moment, I actually, like, when I got out the car, I started crying. But, but in the hood, tears are like blood for sharks. So I had to get right. And now I'm thinking, uh-oh, they're about to fight both of us. Okay. So now I, I abandoned, like, all right, it's about to go down. Let's get ready. Fast forward. Uh, they just were mad. After about five minutes of huffing and puffing and stuff, by the end of it, the gentleman that was the angriest, brought me some, some tools. We took apart my horn that just like kept, took apart my battery because the horn kept blowing. We exchanged numbers. Everything was all good. Like, God was gracious. Amen. Amen. God was so gracious. But here's what God revealed in that moment as I came back home and had some time in prayer with him and as he was pruning my heart. He said, you know what, in that moment, in the moment of fear, in the moment of worry, you went straight to your flesh. You were ready to fight. You didn't stop and pray. You didn't ask for my help. You didn't ask for me to go before you to care for the hearts of those men. You didn't ask for me to bring the plea. You didn't ask for anything. All you went back to was your flesh. And I can't even fight. But you see, in, in this process of pain and this experience that, that I still, like, you know, that the Lord's working with me on, he was showing me 
I need your heart to be about me at all times, in all situations, and I want glory in everything. I want glory in your fears as well as when you triumph. I want glory in your valley lows as well as in your valley highs. Let me prune your heart so that it might reflect the beautiful fruit that I want it to reflect, or are you going to just resort back to your flesh? We've all been tempted. A single person that, that has been harmed, that has been hurt in a relationship, and, and, and you get tempted to just cover up your heart, get hard-hearted, or you can say, Lord, how are you going to take this painful experience and help it grow me to look more like you? There's youth that have been harmed in ways that should not happen to young people. And you let it shape you and it leads you to, to go back to, 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 to your flesh or to your, your own way of dealing with things. And God is saying, no, let me use this pruning that might seem so painful, but ultimately for your good that you might flourish. There's folks during this COVID season that have lost jobs lost all types of stuff. Please hear me. I'm not diminishing the effects of what God can do through pruning. I'm trying to help you see that though it might be painful, it can still be for our flourishing. That's the type of God that we serve. And so in verse 3, he says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. At this moment, the beautiful disciples understand the salvation message. I mean, John is quite clear in his goal at the end of the book. In John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, he says, in the context of this passage, uh, excuse me, it says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe in Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's what the word does. Gives us faith, allows us to believe in Jesus and to live according to his purposes. But notice, for us believers, for some non-believers, for some straddling the fence, there's a test. There's a test. One of the commentators says that uh, it's very likely that in John's, in, the, in the, the churches in John's era, there were a number of people who were identified as Christians, but who were not bearing fruit. Identified as Christians, said, I'm a believer, came up in the church, got up in, every, in the morning, had their breakfast, drove in, came to church, came and worshiped, but still were not bearing fruit fruit. And that problem has continued from John's era to today. And so the test is simple. Do you bear fruit? Do we bear fruit? If so, he says in verse 4, simple words. 
abide in me. Abide in me, and I in you abide in me. Abiding is, is, is I think it's most beautifully uh, uh, depicted when I see a beautiful child walking with their mother or father. And a child will veer off a little bit, but if this is mom or dad, they'll hold on to the leg, stay in the vicinity, kind of stay. Oh, I'm not on the camera. My bad. Hey, y'all. My bad. <laughs> getting too comfortable, Pastor. You're getting too comfortable. But, but, but the, the concept of abiding is one where, where we remain steadfast in the presence. We remain fixed in a state of love. We remain stable. We remain close to Christ. And so what does it look like to, to remain close, knowing that tests are going to come, knowing that challenges are going to come, knowing that you are going to be pruned for God's glory? Do you remain close or are you abiding with other imitation vines, other fake vines, or do we cling closely to the true vine? My prayer today is that you would understand that this God, the I am, has said, I want you in me and me in you, and I want that to be the case always. And even though there's going to be some stretching and some challenging, let me work on you. Let me prune you. Let me help you to be able to flourish and find your place. Find your closeness. Find your embrace in Christ. Let us pray together. Lord, we pray for the ability to abide in you. We know that, uh, that so many things tempt us to find our resting place in it. But would you, Father... Allow us to reject those temptations and we find our rest in the true vine. May we see each opportunity to grow as one where you are caring for our hearts, Lord, and using even challenging circumstances to reveal ways that we can celebrate you. I'll see your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Family, if you have been uh, here today and you are listening and you're saying, well, I'm not quite sure where I am on the vine. I don't know if uh, I bear fruit. I mean, I'm a nice person. I'm, I'm, I try to care for people. I want people to, to thrive and do well. I want to celebrate folks. But see, the, the, the key test of knowing whether you are a branch that God is pruning or whether potentially you are a branch that's going to be cut off is do you see Christ, Jesus, as your sustainer? Is Jesus the one that allows you to thrive, that allows you to exist, that holds it all together for you, or are you good and you got that? 
You see, if today is the first day where you say, Jesus, I don't know all of my past. I don't understand all of the Bible. What I do know is I want you to be in charge and I want to cling to you. If today is your first day of wanting to make that declaration, then we invite you to accept Jesus into your heart. There is nothing more important than you being connected to Jesus. Well, well, what does all that mean? We will talk with you. We will equip you. We will train you. We will love you. We will welcome you into a community that's all figuring that out. None of us are perfect in our understanding of Christ, but we all desire to pursue him, and we welcome you into that. And so if you would like to accept Christ in your heart, we invite you now just to recite this prayer after me. Jesus, I believe you are God. I thank you for your love. I am a sinner, but your death on the cross has freed me from sin. Allow me to live for you so that I may bring you joy for the rest of my life. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. You have prayed that prayer and not just said the words, but meant it in your heart. Then we welcome you into the body of Christ, and we would love to see you do life here at this church. Uh, but we know the church is bigger than Macav. So if you are here and you accepted Christ and want to go somewhere else, we celebrate that too. We just want you in the body of Christ. But we would love to have you be our church family.